Hello and welcome to another episode of Cast It Into the Fire. We're back on Game of Thrones and um, Bill is here. One. This is which Catelyn chapter is this? The second? The second, yes. And it starts with, of all the rooms in Winterfell's Great Keep, Catelyn's bedchambers were the hottest. And it goes on about how they seldom have to actually light a fire because the castle is built over a natural hot springs and the waters actually go through the walls. I don't know how that works. Uh, yeah, well, I guess they, it sounds like they make it sound like they just basically built the castle over a hot springs. So they got like piping or something? I guess something like that. I don't, I don't know if they, I, so far, I'm still uh, I'm about two thirds of the way through the the first book and they haven't mentioned that so and i assume so and either way uh i guess got, the idea is that the heat they, rises and uh they've got pools the from the hot springs and it heats their glass garden so they've got a they've got a greenhouse for vegetables um, very convenient it is convenient i mean assuming everything goes well hot springs uh have a natural feature sometimes that you know things can happen like if they can erupt or anything like that i don't know i don't know what's and going so on. even like the walls of the chamber are warm to the touch yeah and it reminded catelyn of river run and days in the sun with lysa and edmure but ned could never abide the heat the starks were made for the cold he would tell her and she would laugh and tell them that in that case they had certainly built their castle in the wrong place yeah well Clearly, they don't actually want to be in the cold. But yeah, I imagine Ned's pretty used to the cold, uh, more so than most people, and certainly more so than uh, Catelyn. And uh, anyway, they uh, they just uh, had sex in the bedchamber. They are, after all, married and have had five kids. And um. Catelyn hopes to get pregnant from it. Yeah. And you know, when when they're done, um, Ned, you know, says that he's going to refuse um King Robert um on being hand of the king. And Catelyn is like, No, you can't, you must not and um, Ned is, you know, saying that his duties are north. He doesn't want to be Robert's hand. And um, Catelyn is like, he's king. He's not going to understand. Kings aren't like other men. They're not used to um, being told no like yeah, that. Yeah, huh? he says he can't just say no to the king. Especially the king of, uh, on the, of the Iron Throne. Um, and that's when Catelyn... Uh, he he basically says not to worry and that Robert's going to take good care of them. He's never going to hurt them. And Catelyn says he doesn't know that he because the king's now he hasn't seen the king in a long time, and the king is you know, I mean he's he's got power now. You know what power does to a person. Of course, what really is uh, worrying Catelyn is the uh, is still the uh, scene from last time, where the uh, they found the. Uh, Direwolf impaled on the stag, and the stag antler, and she fe- she still feels that's some kind of sign from the gods that um, that that House Baratheon is going to betray House Stark. And um, 
Yeah, they're also talking about how, you know, when Sansa marries, um, you know, her, her son with, um, Joffrey, you know, is going to be king after them and after, you know, Robert and, um, that Sansa would be queen and, um, Ned points out that Sansa is only 11. Thank you, Ned. Um, of course, to be fair, that was like a common thing in, you know, among royalty in throughout history is to be like, okay, here are not even yet born offspring. We're going to marry. But 11 is young even for Westeros. Yeah. And Ned is like, Joffrey, Joffrey is, and then he trails off. Yeah. Um, I think we know where this is going. Yeah. Um, I think Close. most uh, Game of Thrones fans would uh, already know what Joffrey's like. Yeah. Um, and then she mentions how he's crown prince he's... and heir to the Iron Throne. And, of course, she mentions how they were young when they were betrothed. Well, not them, but... Brandon. Oh, yes, she was betrothed to his older brother, Brandon, and, you know, Brandon ended up being killed, so... And this, of course, you know, sparks sort of bitter uh, outburst in Ned. He's like, oh, yeah, he's being compared to his long-dead brother yet again, which I'm guessing that, uh, that happened a lot through his life, and, I mean, he still seems to feel that it does. He also mentions that he never asked for this responsibility. And that's when that's when Catelyn points out that Brendan is dead. And uh, while they're having this conversation, um, they get a knock on the door from Desmond, who is on one of the the staff at Winterfell, the that Maester Lewin is without and begs urgent audience and um yeah they mentioned that he had been they had left orders not to be disturbed and um Desmond says yes my lord he insists very well send him in now um yeah Ned and Catelyn they're still naked uh, yeah Maester Lewin seriously them I don't know Sarah should we do you were talking about how we should probably define what a maester is exactly for our listeners. Oh, yeah. Um, Ned, you know, puts on his robe and, but anyway, yeah, maesters, they're, think of them as, um, they do a combined, uh, role as, like, a scribe, uh, a healer, a doctor, and a tutor for the kids, for a lord or king. Um, they come from a place called the Citadel, which is the closest Westeros has to, like, a college. Yeah. And, um, somebody who's completed their studies as a maester wears a chain with different medals that, um, both sig- symbolizes their role as a servant to the lord and to the realm. And maesters cannot, they're also, like, the black, they also cannot have, I think, kids and cannot inherit land. I no believe. lands, no marriage, no fathering kids. Yeah. And um, each link on the chain um, represents a skill skill that they've studied. So, like, iron would be war, and lead would be poison, and silver would be healing, and a whole bunch of others. 
Yeah. Um, so each... Uh, so they're like the closest thing to like doctors, scientists, slash scribes. They would advise the king or lord during times of like... Crisis. Yes. Like this. Arguably, or their lords, or and the citadel they send, um, they send a maester to, I think to each um, significant enough castle. That's what I figured. And the maester is actually attached to uh, the castle in service, not to the specific lord. Which means, uh, if the castle was ever taken over and changed hands. Then the, the, the mace should be loyal to whoever takes over that cast. Which will, of course, come up as a plot point later, but for now, um, yeah, the mace just knocking on the door. Um, they're, like, not dressed properly. Um, but Catelyn's like, he delivered all my kids. It's nothing he's not seen before. Uh, yeah. And he comes in, and he's got his uh, mace, grave maester robe on. Um, it's got floppy sleeves and a lot of pockets. It's, he's got artifacts and books and messages and toys for the kids and uh, all that. He mentions that a message has been left for Ned. And Ned's, that sets him on edge, as it would have just about anyone. I mean, this is the middle of the night. Um... It was the middle of the night, and he was just—they're sort of getting ready for really big events to come. And he asked if there was a rider, like where, why wasn't he told? And there apparently wasn't a rider. Yeah. So, um, there, there was a carved wooden box that was uh left in the maester's uh, observatory while he was sleeping. And um, inside it was a lens from Meyer, um, which is known for making good lenses for, you know, spy glasses, telescope, um, for seafarers. And yeah, there was also um, the message, and it had the seal of um, House Aaron, where you know Catelyn's sister Lysa had married into. And Catelyn says it will not make us glad. There is grief in this message, Ned. I can feel it. And she's again being paranoid. I mean, but it's from her sister Lysa. It's not exactly surprising. Yeah. Um, she, she's being reasonably paranoid. She's just, of course, the reason she's being paranoid is she's seeing bad omens everywhere. And so they open it. And uh, at first the message doesn't make any sense. And then Catelyn remembers that um, she and, uh, her sister Lysa had a private message between, a private language between them when they were girls, and so that's what Lysa had chosen to write this message in. Yeah. Um, so yeah, think of it as, like, if you, as an adult, your sister just, like, gave you a, les- a message in, like, pig Latin or something, and... Yeah. Um... 
And so Catelyn uh, gets gets up. She lights a fire, puts on a dressing gown. Um, and she puts the message into the fire right away. Mm-hmm. And well, Ned asks her what was in this message. And Catelyn says, a warning if we have the wits to hear. And um, Lysa, no, Catelyn explains that the message from Lysa was that John Aaron was murdered by the Lannisters, by the Queen. And Ned is like, your sister is sick with grief. She cannot know what she is saying. And Catelyn says she does know. She's impulsive, but this message was carefully planned and cleverly hidden. And she knew that um, she'd be killed if the message went into the wrong hands. And she risked it all to um, have this message sent anyway. Yep. To which Catelyn is like, now you really don't have a choice, Ned. You must be King Robert's hand. You have to go south with him and learn the truth of this. Yeah, and when she says that Rob, uh, or I'm sorry, Ned sense, but he also says that uh, that Catelyn has to stay behind. And that the truths that um, he knows are here at Winterfell. The south is a nest of adders I would do better to avoid. Yeah. Um, he need, but he want, and he wants somebody <clears throat> there will always be a Stark in Winterfell. That's why he wants Catelyn, Catelyn to stay behind because Rob is too young. And but except for he's he's fourteen, so he's almost a man. Um, almost. Yeah. And you know the maester is staying behind too. Well, the maester has to. Right. Yeah. And um, so he can still, you know, teach Rob things and. Yeah. And then of course Ned uh, Ned concedes that Sansa must. Now he says Sansa must wed Joffrey. So he wants to really... They now all want to apparently solidify their alliance. And not give them any reason to doubt their devotion to the king. Yeah, but of course uh, Sansa's still... uh, Sansa's still 11, Joffrey's still Joffrey. Yeah. And that's, that's a bit of an issue, but they're supposed to marry as soon as possible now. Which would mean... Basically, as soon as Sansa gets her period, um, she would be considered marriageable in Westeros, which is messed up, but I've already kind of said stuff like that before. Um, but before then, she could still be betrothed to Joffrey. And yeah. So interesting things then proceed over the next couple of pages. Because uh, Ned agrees, Catelyn sort of concedes that, you know, that has to happen. I mean, they seem to be mostly on the same page, but there's a, uh... There's a thing... The thing is that John comes up. Yeah, I'm not... I'm not there yet, um... Yeah, um... Catelyn is insisting that Bran needs to stay at Winterfell. He's only seven. Mm-hmm. And Ned's like, I was eight when I was sent by my father to foster at the Eyrie. 
Of course, this becomes a major. Uh, yeah, a major. Point. And then, yes, um, she says to keep keep him off the walls because you know how much Bran loves to climb. Um, oh, that's a little bit of foreshadowing there. And yeah, um, on the subject of Jon Snow, um, yeah, Catelyn is of course still, you know, not happy that, um, Ned has brought what she, you know, believes to be his illegitimate son to live with them, you know, most, um, most lords that, um, to that out of marriage would at least not bring the kid home to live in the castle with. Yeah. And then they mention, of course, the fact that Jon Snow... Well, yeah, he is living with them. There is an interesting part about this, I think, where she men- she looks at him and feels that Jon Snow looks more like Ned than any of the true-born sons. And that's kind of interesting, given the fact that what we know about Jon Snow, which I don't know if we're going to discuss that. Uh, not not yet. Okay, because anybody who's watched the show kind of knows what's really happened by now. But yeah, but. all of the all of the children um, take after Catelyn more in looks, except for Jon Snow but, and but. Arya. Okay, yeah, well, there's Arya, but the thing about Jon Snow is, yeah. <sighs> anyway. So. And there's that bit about, um, tales of Sir Arthur Dane, the Sword of the Morning, um, and, you know, with Ned not willingly speaking of who Jon Snow's mother is, Catelyn is thinking of the Lady Ashara Dane and um which can at least spoil that that's not the case it's not the case but she she seems to think that maybe um, Ned had had an affair with her yeah um and Yeah, she she does not want Jon Snow to stay at Winterfell, even though he and Rob are close friends, and, um... Yep. She, you know, sees Jon as a, a threat to Rob's claim because, you know, he's a boy in the same age, and... Yeah, exactly. But, uh, but the fact that Jon Snow, they bring up the fact that he wants to take the black... And Catelyn, you know, wants this. Yeah, she hears that immediately. And that was the other plot point that we were coming to, is that she hears that immediately and think, oh, that's a good thing. That's a out, you know, he won't he won't be able. Because if he takes the black, he's not allowed to own lands or... So, I mean, it's the same thing we mentioned. Same with the, with the Masters. Yeah. And same with, I think, a few other things. But King's you can't, Guard. Yeah. You can't, you can't... I believe priests, uh, yeah, septums. They, yeah, they don't want these people, basically, with their knowledge, gaining power of their own and using power. So, no land, no children, no wives. 
They no never titles. want the Night's Watch to become its own kingdom. They yeah. want its neutrality to stay. Yeah. Exactly. And the same with the Maesters. They don't want, like, a whole bunch of Maesters or a whole bunch of Kingsguard, like, deciding to do their own thing and endangering everybody. Because um, they could actually all be threats. But and Ned, uh... Ned's, you know, saying that even a bastard may rise high in the Night's Watch, which is both foreshadowing and true. Um, and he, and Ned's biggest uh, issue with it, though, is the John Snow. He's age. 14 instead of 15. I will say something about Ned in this chapter is that he's kind, yeah, he's kind of, as Sarah just implied, inconsistent about age. It's like, okay, he's one year younger than and when it would have been okay, but it's really kind of like, okay, really? Like, but... And this is never solidly answered. Um, But it seems the Night's Watch will take whatever age, whatever background, whatever, as long as you're male. Yeah, we later see this. Uh, We see this quite a bit. But I also think that uh, with the Night's Watch, they're, uh, they're really... You know they're 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 desperate, but also people who are kings or lords or anything like that. They don't want to necessarily if it were you know somebody they actually cared about. If it's somebody higher born, they wouldn't want to necessarily start them out too late. Whereas if somebody's like you know younger and of lower birth, well this cut this becomes a plot. Uh, Later in the books, I'm not naming any names here, but. Um... There's a Night's Watch recruiter that is, you know, choosing boys to, you know, recruit for the Night's Watch. You know, he's not forcing them to join, but, you know, he's kind of, you know, offering that to orphans on the street. And some of them are, like, 12. Yeah. And we we later see young kids, younger, uh, in the Night's Watch. So, so it's basically settled... That uh, Ned has to go there, um, and Ned's also going to speak with Ben about Jon Snow, and they basically ends with the chapter ends with them preparing to depart and them preparing to get ready for their next moves. So, do you have any more uh, commentary about this chapter? Uh, no. Do you? Do you have any thoughts, Sarah? Uh, not really, except for um, the bit about um, Arthur Dane, the Sword of the Morning, and Ashara Dane. It will come up, you know, more than once later in the later in the books. And um, these characters are somewhat mysterious and not very developed at any point. But there's a lot of. It's particularly popular for fan theories of various sorts um, about um, House Dane and. Uh, Ashara. Yeah. Alright, well, that wraps up another chapter. The next chapter is Arya. Another Arya. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, we'll we'll be be doing that, and, uh, thank you for listening to Cast It Into the Fire. Uh, good night. Goodbye. Good night.